My name is Fitz, and I'm the CEO of the Fitz Group. I'm glad you've chosen to listen to this week's excerpt from our weekly builder's call. This call is designed to help you move beyond personal sales and into building a business in the insurance industry. On one end of the income spectrum, we've helped a ton of agents make an additional $50,000 a year in override income on top of their sales income. And on the other end of the spectrum, we've helped a number of leaders make in excess of $1 million annually through the development of the override income into a business. And now, on to today's lesson. Woo! Today's training. Man, uh, if you're uh, tuning in for the first time uh, to, this, uh, to this call uh, on, for the training, one of the things I really look at in, in choosing the, the training that I cover on the Builder's Call, uh, one, I won't cover a topic inside of six months uh, from the last time I covered it, uh, though it may be one of those topics that needs to be repeated daily. Uh, I, I won't do that. Uh, but I really look at conversations I'm having from a coaching perspective and, uh, and really try to, um, from that, you know, if I've got five or six people each wanting to have a conversation about a certain topic, that to me is a pretty good indicator uh, that the, you know, 50, 60, 70 people that tune in on Builder's Call, uh, there's others There's others that want to know about it as well. Uh, and so I, I take that into consideration and, uh, and train based on that. Well, this week is no different. Getting it all done. Getting it all done is all about time management. Uh, you know, looking at the uh, small business statistics, um, <laughs> a lot of small businesses fail in the first couple of years. Uh, and I think uh, two big reasons. One, uh, time management, and two is money management. Um, and uh, and I, I see it happen all the time. I'm constantly having conversations with agents about uh, their schedule and what to do here, what to do there, and how do I organize it fits so that I can get it all done. And, uh, and I feel like anything that you successfully overcome in life, it's really, I think, your responsibility now to help other people overcome that. Um, you know, for example, you see you see a lot of people that, that overcame addictions, uh, leading other people through overcoming that same addiction. Uh, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, for example, is not led by people who have never had a problem. It's led by people who had a problem uh, and, and, and got through it. And now they're helping other people do the same thing. Well, <laughs> uh, my, one of my major issues was time management. Uh, I know when I first got started in this business, I saw everybody around me uh, just accelerating their growth. And here I was, just, I felt like I, I couldn't get it all done. Uh, and, uh, and anyway, so that's, that's where this teaching comes from. I'm going to start off by asking you a few questions. Number one, do you feel like you're flying by the seat of your pants? <laughs> do you feel like you're flying by the seat of your pants? Do you feel like you have 8,000 plates spinning uh, and they keep crashing all around you? <laughs> uh, that was me. I felt that way. I'm with you. I'm with you. If you don't feel that way, I don't get you. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't understand you. Uh, I, I definitely felt that way back in the day, and sometimes, even today, still feel that way from time to time. Second question. When you're with your family, do you feel guilty that you aren't working? When you're with your family, do you feel guilty that you aren't working? When you have family time, uh, and you're spending time with your spouse or your kids or whatever, whatever your family looks like, what, what, when you're spending time with them, do you feel guilty that you're not making dials or running appointments, that you're not interviewing somebody or training an agent? Do you ever feel guilty uh, in, that, in that time? Well, flip that. When you're working, third question is, when you're working, do you feel guilty that you aren't with your family? When, when, when you're making dials, when you're booking appointments, uh, maybe you're uh, going to a conference, when you're there, do you feel guilty that you're not spending that time with your family? Uh, I, I, uh, over the years, I've certainly missed birthdays. Uh, 
right? But, uh, you know, our, for our kids. But, uh, you know, the thing is, our kids, they celebrate their birthday when we tell them to celebrate it, <laughs> right? So it, it may mean that I missed their birthday on the actual day, but I didn't miss their birthday. Uh, we still celebrated it. But, but these, are the, these three questions, I feel like if, if you answer yes to any of these three questions, yes, uh, or all of them, but, but certainly if you answer yes to any one of these three questions, you have a time management problem. You have a problem with your schedule. You have a problem managing your daily activities. And so I want to help you with that today and give you some insight. Some of you guys have heard this before. I don't care. You need to hear it again. <laughs> this is one of those you could just have on loop on a daily basis uh, for most of us uh, to, to really get from it what we need to get from it. But uh, the first resource, I'm big on, on referring you to where I learned. Um, I, uh, uh, the first book is Getting Things Done by David Allen. Uh, I, I know when I went to my mentor, Andy, 20 years ago and said, Andy, I, I, I don't know how you're doing this and uh, you're, you're just, your business is blowing up and mine is, is dragging, uh, but I feel like I, I, I not feel like I know I'm working 20-hour days. It just doesn't seem to be moving forward. And he said, I don't really have time to talk to you about that right now. Read this book, <laughs> Getting Things Done. I'm not going to really um, uh, do a book report on this book today. I, I, I just think it's something you ought to pick up and read um, and and and. I know it changed my life. Uh, Getting Things Done is a book that changed my life. And it says The Art of Stress-Free Productivity. That's the subtitle, uh, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity. Uh, and truly, it, it did change my life. And it put me in a, a pattern of getting things done, as the title would imply. So I recommend picking up that book and taking a, taking a read on it. Uh, the second book, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Uh, Think and Grow Rich is, is a book that I read once a year. Um, I, I think this is a book that... Uh, Every time I read it, I, I learn something else from it, uh, and that's because every time I read it, I'm at a different place. I've grown or I've had an experience, be it good or bad, it's, it's shaped me, and now I read this book, and it hits me different uh, when I read it. I've been reading this book once a year, gosh, 20 years. Uh, I've been reading this book once a year, and uh, I really, really, really encourage you to read this book. I mean, the title is Think and Grow Rich. It's not uh, bang your head against the wall and grow rich. It's not spin your wheels and get rich. It's, it's not, you know, work your butt off and grow rich. It is think and grow rich. So many people miss the thinking part of life in general, but in building this business, they miss the thinking part, the strategy part of building this business. And in Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill had some notes about uh, time. Number one, uh, there is a cumulative value to investing small amounts of time in certain activities over a long period of time. I'll repeat it. Uh, there is a cumulative value to investing small amounts of time in certain activities over a long period of time. Now, let's, let's give an example to kind of conceptualize this. An example would be working out. Uh, I, I've read for years, if you just walk briskly 30 minutes a day, you're going to live a longer and healthier life. Uh, the studies show, right? You don't necessarily have to go spend two hours in the gym uh, you know, pumping iron and, and, and getting all ripped. If you just, if you just very simply walk 30 minutes a day, not walk from your car to the, <laughs> to the, to the house, but like going and walking briskly for 30 minutes, there's a cumulative value to that, to invest in those small amounts of time in certain activities over a long period of time. You don't have to go make 15 hours of dials. There is a cumulative value to investing small amounts of time. I hear a lot of producers that are big dialers, they will work, they will dial no longer than an hour, hour and a half. And they got to get up and do something else because they're getting bored, uh, right? They just, their butt hurts and it's hard to focus when you, 
I've heard in conferences and, and when you're teaching people that, you know, the, the, the mind can only absorb what the butt can endure. And so it, there is a cumulative value to investing small amounts of time in certain activities over a long period of time, dialing a little bit every day, interviewing a little bit every day, coaching a little bit every day. It adds up. Oftentimes on the builder's call, I'm talking about how you second best is, is not an option. Just every day, give it your best. Well, that one day is not going to actually uh, change your life. Uh, but putting that day, backing up by another day, another day, another day, that does. There's a cumulative value to investing small amounts of time in certain activities over a long period of time. Number two, there are rarely any immediate consequences for neglecting single installments of time in any arena of life. There are rarely any immediate consequences for neglecting single installments of time in any arena of life. Example would be, if you skip a workout, it's not a big deal. I, hey, I didn't work out this morning. That's not a big deal. There's rarely any immediate consequences for neglecting that, that installment of time. Um, it, uh, if I go have a McDonald's Big Mac today, there's not normally an immediate consequence for having that Big Mac, right? That's, that, that's okay. If, if you, it, that's, you give yourself some grace there. Uh, give yourself some freedom to not be perfect every day, okay? Because there's rarely any immediate consequences for missing that. But number three, neglect does have a cumulative effect. Neglect does have a cumulative effect. So I remember um, uh, Super Size Me was a documentary. This guy, for 30 days, every meal ate McDonald's. Well, the first meal wasn't a big deal. But by like the 20th day, his doctor was begging him to stop because he was having liver function problems and kidney. And it was just, he was gaining so much weight. It was horrible what this guy was doing to his body. Neglect has a cumulative effect. Go eat a Big Mac, not a big deal. Eat a Big Mac three times a day for 30 days, y'all, it's a huge deal. Going back to the workout example, if you miss a year, it's not that you didn't work out this morning, it's that you haven't worked out for the last five years. <laughs> you know, when I was in college, I was, I was in pretty good shape in college. I ran, I exercised, I lifted weights, I was just really good shape. When I graduated college, I was 185 pounds and, uh, and, 7% body fat, 185 pounds and 7% body fat when I graduated college. It wasn't, uh, let's see, eight years later, uh, <laughs> I, was, I was 230 pounds and I don't even want to talk about the body fat. Well, it wasn't that I, I mean, I had worked out eight years before. <laughs> I, I've been working. I missed eight years of exercising. I missed eight years of eating right. <laughs> you know, like that was a problem. Uh, so, so the, the neglect, the neglect does have a cumulative effect. Um, and then number four, there's no cumulative value to the urgent things that we allow to interfere with our important things. There's no cumulative value to the urgent things that we allow to interfere with our important things. Uh, I mean, I, when I think of the, the, the urgent things, like I think of, we, we try to coach our kids to, to not interrupt adults. Right? I'm not saying that you can't have conversation with adults or be included in the conversation that adults are having, but you don't interrupt an adult. You really don't interrupt anybody uh, is it's, it's the lesson we're trying to teach. But you know, right now, it's about that respect level. If you're a kid and these are adults and you just don't interrupt them. So we've, we've got our children now, uh, and, and it's, it's gotten better with the older two, but Kate is still working on this. Well, she'll walk up to me. And, and if you're at our house for the, for the spring forward we're going to do, you might see this, where my daughter, she'll walk up and put her hand on my arm. And that's to say, dad, I've got something to say, but she'll just stand there with her hand on my arm until I acknowledge her. Now, here's what I've learned about kids. Rarely does a kid 
have something to say to me. I say kid, let's go like ages seven and less. Rarely does that three-year-old have something earth shattering to tell me to interrupt the important conversation that I'm having right now. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, um, uh, daddy, I got to go poop, <laughs> you know, daddy, I need to go use the bathroom. Okay. Well, that doesn't, that's not, uh, there's no cumulative value to that urgent thing that you just interrupted me for, uh, to, that, that's now interfering with this important conversation I'm having, 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 <laughs> having, there's no cumulative value to the urgent things that we allow to interfere with our important things. Listen, we're all given equal opportunity. We have 24 hours in a day. Some people, some people maximize the 24 hours. Other people, 40 years down the road, are still in the same place they were. Um, I, I, I've gotten the opportunity to, to, to observe and meet people who are first-generation uh, Americans, and they're, they're also first-generation wealthy. Like They came here with nothing from another country, and they came here and made the most of the opportunity here, and now they're, they're, they're extremely wealthy. How is that when somebody who's been here for generations is broke? Well, it's all about how they're using their time. Uh, and so maximizing your time and, and, and keeping in mind those things that do have a cumulative value and those things who don't have a cumulative value, like keeping in mind and focusing on those things that, that positively add and, and from a cumulative standpoint are positive additions to your life. That's what we got to focus on. Here's another resource. First Things First by Stephen Covey. First Things First by Stephen Covey. Stephen Covey has, has passed on. He's no longer with us, but this book uh, remains. And, uh, and this, this to me is one of his real legacies. Uh, if you're ever studying time management and, they, and you're reading a book that doesn't refer to this, it's probably not a very good book. This First Things First is really a cornerstone book of time management. And uh, I encourage you to pick this up and read it. Now, I just gave you three books to pick up and read. Uh, so uh, get to it. <laughs> you need to be reading, right? But in the first things first, this book really helped me put in perspective uh, how I should prioritize my daily activity, um, right? So uh, first things first, Stephen Covey talks about four quadrants. Uh, if you're watching online right now, you're seeing my screen uh, and I've got these four quadrants. Quadrant one, so if you're, if you're listening and you want to draw this out on a piece of paper, draw a, like a window, you know, a, a, a square with, with four squares inside of it or rectangles if you, if you prefer, but you know, what looks like a window on the children's drawing of a house. Uh, and, and on the left-hand side of that, you're going to write important for the first row and not important for the second row. That's, that's going across. Now up top, you're going to label up top urgent in the first column and not urgent in the second column. And you're going to number these from top left, one, and then beside that is two, and then below one is three, below two is four. So uh, you should see uh, important is one and two, and not important is three and four as far as rows are concerned, and, and, and labeling those quadrants. Well, uh, in quadrant one, you've got urgent and important. Quadrant two is not urgent, but important. Quadrant three are urgent things that are not important, like <laughs> well, I'll get into examples in a second. And then quadrant four, these are things that are not urgent and they're not important. All right. So quadrant one, let's give some examples. Uh, these are, this is from Stephen Covey. These examples are uh, crises, uh, pressing problems, deadline driven projects, meetings, and preparations. These are all 
urgent things and and important. These are urgent and important. Uh, I always think about like a heart attack being urgent and important, right? Like you got to take care of that thing right now, or it's, it's going to cause death. Like that's that's something you got to address right now. These urgent and important things. Um, for those of us who have kids at some point or another, your kid has probably been choking on something and you have freedom of that. So um, <laughs> that's an urgent and important thing when, when you can't breathe, uh, getting rid of that choking uh, hazard, uh, like freeing the airway. That's an urgent and important thing. Um, a lot of times we feel like um, uh, paying our mortgage uh, or paying our rent or paying our light bill or paying our phone bill. This could be an urgent and important thing. Hopefully, hopefully we help you get to a place where it's not. But I know in my life at times it was like I I'm four days late on my rent. I remember those days. I'm four days late on my rent. If I if I'm another day late, they're gonna they're gonna padlock the front door and uh, keep me out of um, keep me out of my own place. Like they're gonna lock me out of my of my townhome. Um, I remember those days. That was urgent and important that I pay that rent. Most of America lives in quadrant one. Everything is urgent and important. We've got to do it now. If we don't, the 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 the, the sky is going to fall. It's going to be the worst thing ever if we don't take care of this right now. It's urgent and important. We do it right now. And I believe that's why most Americans really burn out. They, they, they are frazzled. They're fried. That's why people are driving down the road, screaming at other people. We were <laughs> this, this, uh, yesterday I was driving down the tollway with, uh, with my oldest and there's a guy, you know, gesturing outside his window to somebody behind him. And it wasn't to say, Hey, come around friend. I'd, I'd, I'd love to have a drink with you. Uh, <laughs> Joseph's like, uh, what do you think's wrong with that guy? I said, he's mad. <laughs> I mean, he's mad. And, and listen, what I know is, uh, it's, 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 there's something bigger going on in that guy's life. There's no way, you know, that somebody should make you that mad driving. Right. But <clears throat> anyway, I digress. Quadrant two, these are not urgent things that are important. I start off with preparation. I leave it there. Preparation is something that Stephen Covey says is not urgent, but is important. And yet he included it in quadrant one. That was the last thing listed in quadrant one was preparations. Whereas quadrant two is, is the first thing he lists. Well, I, I, you know, I, the, the example I like to use uh, for the preparation thing to help you understand is um, uh, in school, I was somebody who studied last minute for an exam. Um, and, uh, and I was happy with the C or the B I got, I, I was, I was a last minute studier. Uh, I could knock out a 50 page paper with a, with an appropriate bibliography in about 24 to 48 hours. Uh, not a big deal. Uh, that was, that was, that was how I operated. Um, it was pretty stressful <laughs> getting, getting that paper turned in. Uh, whereas my, my beautiful bride, Heather, uh, she was more, I want, I don't want to make label her like she was locked away in the library. We did date and get married, you know, through college, but, um, she was a, a consistent studier. Uh, she, she studied throughout the semester. She wasn't a crammer. Uh, I, I would, you know, I would go cram and, and drink a six pack of jolt and take some no-dos and be awake for a couple of days. She was in bed at eight o'clock, woke up the next morning, had a nice breakfast for her before her final exam. So uh, that's the, that's really the difference between a quadrant one preparation versus a quadrant two preparation. Other things that Stephen Covey list prevention values, clarification, planning, relationship building, empowerment, inspecting what you expect, like looking at your own activity numbers and looking at your agent's activity numbers and, and really inspecting those. Um, this is, if, if quadrant one is a heart attack, quadrant two is exercising, right? It's, it's, it's not really urgent that you exercise today, but it is important that you exercise today. And over a long period of time, there is a cumulative effect for that neglect that could end up causing the quadrant one problem. 
if, if, if you're in personal sales with us and you're seriously concerned about making your rent payment next month, now is the time when you're making dials. Actually, kind of late in the month right now as this is being recorded, but um, now is the time that you're making the dials and booking the appointments. I've seen people make this mistake all the time. They do, it's like a, a real hard run for the end of the month. And then the beginning of the new month, they kind of start slow. And then there's another real hard run the last two weeks of the month. And then the first two weeks of the month, they kind of don't do a lot. I see that pattern happen often with agents. It's a huge mistake because you're not doing the not urgent and important things. It's causing urgent and important things to pop up. Because you're not doing quadrant two things, quadrant one things are starting to run your life. And that's a real problem. I'll tell you this, that the wealthy of the world spend 80% of their time on quadrant two things. Even vacations are spent in quadrant two very often uh, with the wealthy. I'm, I'm, I'm still perfecting this. I'm not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not perfect at this yet. I'm still working on it myself. I'm focusing on keeping things in quadrant two. They're not urgent, but they're important. It's, it's not urgent that I, I, I get the oil changed in my, in my truck. But if I don't change the oil in my truck, eventually the engine is going to seize and now I have an urgent and important quadrant one problem, okay? Uh, people ask me, like, what do you, when you're working at night, Fitz, or I'm, I'm notorious for coming into the office on Sunday nights, when you're, when you're, when you're doing that, what are you doing exactly? I'm, I'm, I'm working on quadrant two stuff. I'm thinking about quadrant two stuff, working on quadrant two stuff. I, I didn't put this PowerPoint together last night. This has been put together for, several days. Uh, even this training has been put together and I keep tweaking it over years uh, that I put it together. It's, 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 it's added up, right? Quadrant three, I hate even talking about quadrant three and four because they're not important. <laughs> by, the, by, the, by the graph itself, it's indicating these two uh, categories, these two quadrants are not important. Quadrant three is urgent and not important. Interruptions, some phone calls, some mails, some reports, some meetings, many proximate pressing matters, many popular activities. This is according to Stephen, da uh, Stephen Covey, not Stephen Davies, Stephen Covey. Uh, quadrant three to me is um, it's Sunday around noon. Uh, the Cowboys have a 3.30 kickoff time and your best friend calls you up at noon saying, hey, you want to go to the Cowboys game? I got 50-yard line tickets. Uh, you you want to go? Well, I don't play for the Cowboys, so it's not important that I'm there. <laughs> Would it be nice? Yeah. Yeah, I got a, a buddy of mine uh, that uh, likes likes to invite me to stuff, and and period and, and regularly I have to say no because I didn't plan for it, and I've got something else going on during that time, and, and ultimately going to that game, it's important, but it's not important. Now, now going with him could be a quadrant two thing for relationship building, right? But but it's but going to the game itself, Fitz, you don't understand. I'm a diehard Cowboys fan. Well, stay diehard Cowboys fan if you're not playing for the Cowboys, it's not important that you watch the game or that you're at the game. It's just not important. Quadrant four, not urgent and not important. You really shouldn't do these things. Trivia, busy work, some phone calls, time wasters, escape activities, irrelevant mail, excessive TV. You know, Stephen Covey, when he, when he put this together, he, they didn't have social media yet, but Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, uh, watching Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, like, uh, you know, none of those are urgent or important things. We don't understand, Fitz, if I don't pass that message on on Facebook, then how are other people going to learn the truth? <laughs> somehow, somehow, some way, they're going to learn the truth, man. You don't have to be the one telling the, the, the latest politics or 
um, or learning about your high school uh, girlfriend's, you know, uh, ex-husband. Like, <laughs> it's, that is not urgent. It is not important. It has no, no value whatsoever to your life. Like, just skip it. Just skip it. Um, quadrant four, quadrant four is where majority of Americans that are usually broke, that's where they, that's where they relax. I remember when I was a kid, I just got done mowing a yard. I made 20 bucks and I was with my dad and uh, one of his friends and one of his friends popped open a beer. It was a nice hot day and, and the beer apparently was cold and refreshing to this guy. Cause he took a big old swig of it and, and he goes, and I remember him saying these words, and it just has resonated with me since. He said, man, I earned this. Apparently, he'd been outside uh, sweating and working, and he earned a beer. And in my 10-year-old mind, I think I was about 10 years old, in my 10-year-old mind, I was like, look, I just mowed a yard, and I sweat, and, and all that sort of stuff. I stink, and, and I made 20 bucks. You're getting paid in beer? How, did you, how in the world did you earn a beer today? That's pathetic. Like that was my 10-year-old mind, and I still think about that today. Like if I drink a nice cold beer on a, a really hot day, I enjoy it. It's refreshing. I didn't earn it, though. <laughs> I didn't earn it. That's weird to me. Um, that's, that's that guy. He was, that was an escape activity. He'd been working really hard in quadrant one and, 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 and frying himself, and then quadrant four is getting drunk. That was his escape activity was getting drunk because he's so worn out in quadrant one. Well, hey, man, focus on quadrant two things, and, and you, you can actually have better activities to do in quadrant two because you spent your time working there. Anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll get off the four quadrants, but read the book First Things First. Stephen Covey does a way better job of diving into these four, just highlighting these because I use this as a filter. I use this as a filter. Now, uh, if my wife were to call right now during, during this call, uh, I'm probably not going to answer, but many of you have been on coaching conversations with me when Heather has called. And, and I'll say, hang on a second, Heather's calling. And I'll put you on mute. I'll answer her phone call because guess what? I decided years ago she's way more important than anybody else. There's nobody else in my life that's as, as important to me as my wife. And I show that by answering the phone when she calls. It's one thing I, I, I do to show her that she is more important than you people. <laughs> what do you mean you people? What do you mean you? Anyway, so <laughs> she's important. So I'm going to answer the call. Now, <clears throat> the, when I answer the phone, I go, hey, baby, I'm in the middle of an interview or I'm in the middle of, of talking to Joe and Tony Walker. I'm in the middle of a coaching conversation, whatever, whatever it may be. I say, hey, I'm in the middle of this. Is it urgent? And nine out of 10 times, she says, no, it's not urgent. I just want to know what you want to do for dinner. Or no, it's not urgent, but I do need to talk a little bit later you know, about what we're going to do tonight as far as transporting the kids from this event to that event or whatever. So I quickly filter it. I've already decided she's on the important row there, but now I'm filtering. Is it urgent or not urgent? Um, <clears throat> and and that, that helps me keep on track and on, 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 on schedule. Now, uh, in the early days before I had a staff, if an agent called, it was imperative that I answer the phone because I spent money on advertising. I spent money on interviewing. I spent money on recruiting. I spent money on leads. Like I spent money on, I spent training. I spent money on this agent. And from a business perspective, I needed to see a return. From a personal perspective, I knew that I committed to them to help them make money. If I don't respond to their phone call, if I don't answer their phone call, I'm inadvertently telling them that they're not important to me. So a lot of times when I was working in the field, this is important. This, this little tip right here is big. Maybe it wasn't big about you know, talking to your spouse, but this one's big from a business perspective. I might've been on an interview, doing an interview on, on, a, on a phone call, and I see that the agent is calling. 
I'll tell the interview because I've decided my agent that's already with me is more important to me than the one I'm interviewing about coming on board. I've already prioritized that. So that agent, I answer their phone. I go, hey man, I'm in the middle of an interview. Is it urgent? Yeah, Fitz, it is. I'm in a home. The client asked me this question. I don't know what to do. Boom. That's way more important than the interview I'm doing with this guy who may not even come on board. <clears throat> Does that make sense? I feel like I'm flying through this, but I, I, you prioritize what's important in your life and then ultimately help you know, sort through that filter by what's urgent and not urgent. You know, a lot of agents will call in the middle of the day and go, hey, I, I, it, it, no, it's not really urgent or yeah, they, it isn't urgent. I've got an appointment tomorrow and I need to know how this particular product works. I go, oh, it's tomorrow. Let me help you understand what's urgent and not urgent. Something in 24 hours is not really urgent. Something in an hour, an appointment you got in an hour, that's more urgent. But if it's tomorrow, it's not as urgent, bro. But hey, listen, I've got a break a little bit later this afternoon. Watch this video real quick about that product. And then when we talk this afternoon, we can run through it and make sure you got the details of it. Is that making sense? I decided that agent was important, but in talking with him, he's really just help, trying to prepare for an appointment tomorrow. So now I, that's not urgent, but it is it is progressively going to get more urgent throughout the day. So I do need to get back with him, but it's not imperative that I talk to him right now. What I'm doing right now may be more urgent than I do right now. Okay. Hope that all makes sense. From all of this, now that we've discussed all of this, let's talk about building your schedule. Uh, what I have here on the, on the screen is a real pretty version. It's all color coded and all that. So we're going to add some stuff to this counter. It's going to be so pretty. It doesn't need to be like that. You can just have a legal pad <laughs> where you write down the left-hand side, 7 a.m., 7.30, 8, 8.30, 9, 9.30, 10. 30-minute blocks throughout the day, all the way till 11, 11.30, 12 o'clock at night. And then across the top, you're writing down the different day. It's a different column for a different day. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Now, uh, what you do in filling your schedule, you need to put quadrant two stuff in there first. You know, there's the old story of, uh, the, the, the time management uh, MBA professor at Harvard, I don't know where it was, it's, it's, I don't know if it's even a true story, but it's a, a great example, you know, brings in this big galvanized tub and is filling it up with cinder blocks and says, this is your schedule, you've now filled it with cinder blocks, is your schedule full? Yes, the students say, no, it's not. He takes gravel and fills it in with gravel. Is it full now? Yes, it's full. No, we've got to put more stuff in your schedule. We can fill it with sand. It gets in all the little cracks there. And, and now it's full all the way to the top with sand. Is it full now? Yes, it's full. No, now you pour water in there slowly so you don't spill it. But the, the water now fills it up. And the point is, um, is your calendar full? Yes, now it is. Now it's full. What's the lesson learned in that example? The lesson learned is, if you don't put the big blocks in first, they're not going to get in. Put the big blocks in first. So big blocks here, quadrant two blocks, big blocks here are education. You got the, this call that we're on right now, the builder's call. We got the, the TFG hotspot on Tuesday mornings. We got the Wednesday call with the Alliance, the product call with the Alliance. We got the activity call with the Alliance on Fridays. Those are big blocks that you put in. Now, th this is education. And on top of this, you, you probably want to put into your schedule when you're going to read. I don't put it in my schedule when I'm going to read. I read throughout the day. Um, it's just, if I, got, if I got five minutes, I might pick up a book and read for five minutes and just, just knock out a page, uh, right? But you put your education in first. Next, you're going to put in your cash flow. You, you got to put in the blocks for when you're doing your production. So you look at your activity tracker. We're looking on the screen here. This one is not filled out. But based on what your activity tracker is telling you, you put in when you're making your dials and when you're running your appointments. 
block it off. You make your dials, whatever day you're making your dials is fine. Just make sure that your appointments are within the next 48 hours. In this example, I'm showing you on the screen, Thursday, you made your dials. You're running your appointments Friday and Saturday. Block it off. If you don't block it off, I, I was listening to uh, my friend Jason Carey teach the other day about uh, time management and really how he knows, he knows, you know, eight weeks from now on a Monday, he knows how many appointments he's got on that Monday. He knows what times they're at because he, every week he books his appointments, same times. Monday is 8 a.m., 9.30. He went through all the examples of, I know nine weeks from now on that Monday, I'm going to have appointments on these times. It's already blocked off. I haven't booked the appointments yet, but those, those, those windows have already been put into my calendar. That's a great tip. Now you look at the building side of your activity tracker because we, we put education in there uh, in, in, into your calendar. We put cash flow into your calendar. Now we're going to put building your business into your calendar. You got to block off when you're doing your interviews. I prefer to have interview, coaching call, interview, coaching call, interview, coaching. I like alternating like that. Now, some people like doing four hours of interviews. I, I, I just, I don't prefer that. I prefer alternating between coaching and interview. Here's why. Because when I'm doing an interview, if, if I'm late for the coaching call, I can go ahead and start up the Zoom meeting. The, the person that's logging in for the next call can listen to me finish up this interview. It's not a problem with that. That's, that's great. Maybe they'll get some tips on how to, how to finish an interview, right? And more important than that, Stephen Covey's son wrote a book called Speed of Trust. When you show up late for an appointment, you've immediately lost trust with that person. It may not be a conscious thing in their mind, but, but trust me, it's in their mind that when you say you're going to be there at nine o'clock, that you really mean 915. We got friends like that. We just know if we're getting together at six o'clock, it's really probably about seven. We're okay with that. <laughs> we, we know them. I, don't, I, don't, I, I trust them immensely. But this new person that you're interviewing, if you're late for the interview, goodness gracious, if you're late for the interview, you're already starting that relationship up off wrong. And that's going to be a problem. That's why I do it this way. I do coaching conversation, interview, coaching conversation. I alternate throughout the days. What I'm showing you on your screen is just an example. You don't have to do this, 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 this calendar. Matter of fact, this one's done in central time. So if you're West Coast, it's going to screw you up. If, you, if you're waiting on this call to start at 10 a.m., this call starts at 8 a.m. your time. <laughs> so this is just an example. And you don't have to have a fancy PowerPoint or anything like that to do this. Again, just a, a legal pad, a piece of paper, write it down. I review my schedule regularly. Regularly, I'm looking at my schedule. Regularly, I'm, I'm tweaking it. I'm adding to it. I'm subtracting to it. I'm making sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing when I'm supposed to be doing it. We'll talk a, a, another time, not today, about how I schedule my time to trick myself into doing what I'm supposed to do. But you see it right here. My schedule is set. I know that on Monday, I'm going to be in the office at 8 o'clock. If I'm not traveling, I know I'm going to be in the office by 8 o'clock, and I know I'm going to leave around 5.30, 5.45. I know that's my Monday. What am I doing during that day? Well, I've got stuff scheduled off. I've got builder's call. I've got coaching conversations. I've got interviews. I know what I'm doing during that day. I'm working. Does that make sense? So once you put the schedule together, the real trick is to now work, execute. You can have the prettiest looking schedule ever, but if you don't work, it won't matter. Fair enough. Can I help you? Sure would like to. If you're an agent with us, please go to timewithfits.com. That's timewithfitz.com to schedule a time when I can help you directly. Just pick a topic, pick a time, and we'll meet. 
you're not an agent with The Fitz Group, I encourage you to go to thefitzgroup.org slash contact. Again, that's thefitzgroup.org slash contact and send us a message. See you next week.